Hello and welcome to Knights of the Hobby Table. I'm your host Blake here with the Omniscient Obi. <laughs> Greetings, guys. And the Bodacious Bowen. How the fuck are you guys? Oh, did I just cut you off again, Bowen? Yeah, you did. Oh, oh no. <laughs> are you okay? How the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm good, brother. I'm good. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, yeah. How are you, so, Obi? It- Oh, I'm doing marvelous, just marvelous. It seems our host doesn't really care, so I wanted to ensure that you know that I care. So okay, thank you. I'm glad how, to spread the love I'm glad, equally. I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay. Yes. How dare they? Okay, I am nothing but a caring person. <laughs> he asked Talking how about he was, care. and then you just you just you skipped him. Like what? I didn't skip Obi. I skipped you. Yeah, well, Obi got played this time. Didn't he? No, you did. <laughs> this is what happens when Bowen drinks for an episode, by the way, guys. Or you drink he, Monster he... Energy before we record. <laughs> hey, <laughs> excuse me. I'm always on Monster Energy drinks. Anyway. Anyway. What the fuck have you guys been up to since we last recorded? What's been what's been popping? Crack-a-lackin'. Uh... If I'll be going first, I've been doing quite a lot since uh, I got my airbrush going since last time. So I've been practicing a lot of airbrushing, trying to figure out the right consistencies and everything. Have uh, have you tried airbrushing abs on your stomach yet? (laughs) No, but I did, however, take your uh, tip and spritz some water in my face when I was warm. So that's that's a cool thing to do. Bro, living in Australia, that shit is essential. You're just sitting there like dying, dripping sweat, and you're like, you know what? Airbrush. <laughs> Best idea. Best idea. Yeah, so I, I've practiced doing uh, shadows and like uh, zenithal highlights and then shading over it with like uh, an ink or a contrast paint. Uh, that was quite interesting. And then I've also done some marble bases for my custodies and I've been working on my Sisters of Silence squad. So lots oh, of things. Sick, man. Lots of things. How are you um how are you finding the, the airbrushing? Like are you finding it's easy to pick up or more complicated than you thought perhaps or less or I think there is there's definitely some things to figure out with it. Most of it being like thinning correctly. Because I would be over thinning a lot and then it like for shooting a primer most people don't even thin a primer out. But yeah, because I kind of don't want my airbrush to clog as much. I just put a little bit in it, but it ended up being too much anyway. So, are you um are you thinning in the cup or in mixing cups? No, I thin in the cup, man. I just yeah, dump see, it all in there. Man, I found for me like I just bought some of those disposable shot glasses and um, some coffee stirrers, mm. and I find that I I'll okay. You lose a little bit of paint because some of it stays in the cup, but. I'm finding it easier to nail that thinning. Yeah. Because um, you can really see, like, you want to shoot for the consistency of milk. Yeah. And you know what milk looks like in a cup, so you can sort of roll it around and really eyeball it if you're sort of new to it still. Yeah. So I found that really effective. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, what about you, Bowen? What have you been up to, bud? Uh, working because I'm a corporate shill. Ah, uh, yes, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, besides that, I've just been trying to 100% Risk Arena 2, because that game's fucking lit. 
Kind of like I am right now. I'm pretty fucking lit, but I fucking love that game. <laughs> so. I'm so lit, fam. I'm fucking on guard. I'm fucking lit. Yeah, right. Uh, back, back to saying you've been working. What are you doing with yourself, man? I'm a fucking graphic designer, my guy. Oh, buddy. That, that's cool. Yeah, putting that... F- putting like, uh, you know, it's almost like we had somebody with an immense amount of skill and talent design our super sick pastime paladin. You know, our right. little guy. Yeah, I didn't Like, know. gee. I don't know who did that, but good on him. I bet he's good looking, too. Mm. And he's got a big penis. <laughs> pig penis. You got that pig penis, Also boys. heard that he's quite bold. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Honestly, like, I know I called you Metallica, but you can't cut your hair like them, otherwise you have to shave your skin off your scalp. Mm. Yeah. And that's not fun. Whatever. I don't... I, I, I may not. be bold, but I can't regrow my skin, so... I told you, I don't want your head blood in the damn dungeon. Costs a lot of money to pay for the water to hose it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if the hair is clogging up the, the drain, where are you going to do that? Oh, we don't shower him. Come on, man. I'm, yeah, just, but... I'm, I'm just like fucking... I just sit bowing outside every time we get a rain shower. I'm just like, there you go. Ah, uh, alright, alright. Yeah. No, so, little no need for a drain in the dungeon. I'm just, no, no, I'm no, just no. like Smeagol, man. Like I'm just kind of like hunched in the corner of my little computer editing. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A little, little gremlin. <laughs> and then every time you walk in to give me food, I'm like, stupid, fat, hobbyists. <laughs> stupid, <laughs> fat, hobbyists. <laughs> oh, no. oh, and I'm like, yeah, what's taters? I had lob a fucking green potato at your noggin. Yeah. Anyway. That was a good potato. It was nice. Good potato with rates. Um... Me, um, I'm still kind of working on some infiltrators, but I don't know, man. Lately, I've just not been feeling like painting. Um, it happens to me. Every couple of months, I just have a thing where I'm like, nah. We'll completely abstain from Warhammer or any given hobby, and then it's like, I'll just run back at it, like, 500 times harder. So, yeah, it's cyclical with me. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the moment, my, uh, my latest thing is just, I'm fucking feverishly questing. To get as many of the different types of Game Boy colors as I can. It's been a total obsession. Um, and I'm making quite good headway. As of recording, I have the teal one. I have a Pokemon Edition one, which is super sick, which I just got. I have a see-through one from Japan. I have a berry one, which Bowen's lovely girlfriend gave me with a backlit screen. Um, and I have an atomic purple one in the post and a dandelion yellow one in the post. So, eagerly awaiting those. And I picked up Pokemon Silver yesterday. Nice. Uh, not Silver. Uh, Crystal. 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 Nice. So, so yeah, that's that's the thing. And um, that got me thinking um, that perhaps today we should talk about some retro game collecting in all of its facets. I feel like there's no time like the present. Right. You know? It feels like the perfect kind of time. It does. It does. What is time but the present? Exactly, exactly. But first of all, we have to we have to have a uh, an argument with Oberon live on Discord, and and that uh, Obi believes that gaming is not a hobby. Please state your case, Oberon. <laughs> Look, in a way, I sort of agree that it's a hobby, but for me, 
I've played games for so much time and it feels like I've wasted so much time of my life. I've played WoW for like seven years and it's seven years I'm not gonna get, get back so uh... I feel like um the different sorts of gaming really reflects that too right like um like say if you were playing esports games and you're training to get much better yeah I see that very much as a hobby like very very much you know yeah okay I mean there are hobbies that are worthwhile and hobbies that aren't as well yeah, yeah. you know how worthwhile you think gaming is or not that's up to you but yeah. I think ultimately collecting games especially in a physical form and consoles is definitely a hobby and then gaming on top of that is also in my opinion yeah yeah I mean at the time I, <laughs> I enjoyed playing video games it's just like now I feel like instead of wasting two hours on a video game and in the end not really getting out anything out of the game compared to spending two hours painting a miniature i could finish a miniature in two hours yeah that's true that's true but like then, then at the same time you put like god of war for the ps5 four or five in and you play that and you finish it and like the narrative sticks with you and it's like you know, it's like saying that listening to an, an album's not worth the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is that art form. And like, okay, maybe if you're playing something that's endless grinding and whatnot, yeah, yeah you're probably right. Yeah. But if it's a nice cinematic story or it's like just really fun, mm. I think so, you know? Yeah. I think so. But yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that's what we're doing today, guys. So uh, clip the fuck in and get ready for some nostalgia, I reckon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. So, what do you guys think when I say retro game collecting? Like, if I said, "Hey guys, uh, you know, I'm gonna get some retro games," what would you think I'm talking about? Well, I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Did you know that the Nintendo Wii is considered retro now? Is it? That's crazy. Is it over twenty? Is that over 20 years now? Is that the definition of retro? More or less. Um, well, not definition of retro per se, but generally speaking, um, if you look at the graphs and the curves and shit like that, the things that shoot up in value are nearly exactly 20 years after when they come out because the kids that grew up playing them when they were, say, four to five to six years old, when they hit 25, 26, they start to get financial sta- stability. And that's when they'll start to pay lots and lots of money for uh, for those games that are nostalgic to them. And because of that demand on a supply that's dwindled because of time, the value will go up. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, you very much either want to... Yeah, so... Be aware of the curve. And uh, try and collect before or after it. So, you know, like, collecting for the Super Nintendo, you know... 10 years ago was pretty fucking rough but mm. now it's like not too bad you know yeah. <laughs> some games they never come down in price but yeah mm. well yeah uh, personally I count anything from the PS2 back um but that might just be me you know um mm. no it makes sense yeah like that generation back I'm, I'm not really yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm uh living in Egypt as it were like denial um, about how old the Wii and the 360 that actually are 
So uh, I refuse to acknowledge it, and for me, I can't PS2 back. No, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. Like, I grew up with the PS2, so... And, like, no, I'm starting to get to that age where I am stable enough to go and collect shit for it. So, I yeah. guess it kind of is. Yeah. But I think for me, if you got to go to effort to make it look good on a modern display, it's probably retro. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you got to run it through an upscale or something like that to make it work well, mm. yeah, it's it's probably that. So, oh, yeah. yeah just thinking back, uh, playing those old games, looking at the bits, trying. I'm I'm basically getting a. a an aneurysm looking at old games now because the, 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 the it's just three pixels on the whole screen <laughs> you're figuring out a story on it <laughs> no nope can't do it <laughs> fuck man uh, we, we've actually been having a blast on the discord um well i the guys have been having a blast i've been swearing a lot because i uh i bought a sega mega drive collection i've been trying to finish altered beast and that game is fucking hard dude like, as long as it was an arcade port, so it's designed to just eat your money. <laughs> and, um, level two lets you know that it wants to eat your money, because that eyeball mm. boss and that is a motherfucker. And, um, I got about ten goes in me before I go, fuck this, and then I have to change the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the guys have been having a good laugh laughing at me play that one, so... If you ever want to see me get mad playing video games, come on the Discord. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, obviously, with retro game collecting, they're, they're, it's with every hobby. There's a lot of shit to it, right? And starting it is always the hardest part. So with Warhammer Gun, it doesn't matter. Like, getting started is the hard part. Where do you guys think you should start if you want to get into retro gaming? And like, I know this isn't really your area of expertise, Obi, but I'm sure you still have some ideas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think if you're going to be searching for things, at least, like, obviously, it's retro. You're not going to find a brand new in the store. You're going to have to go look mm. at some secondhand uh, websites or Facebook market or whatever. Uh, yeah. So definitely keep That's... an eye out there. Look at some prices. There might be some... Because I actually noticed in in Sweden, for example, there is a uh, one or two, three websites that actually focus on old game collecting. And they, they're trying to buy from from people who are selling theirs or giving them in. And, and they actually resell them like and renovate them a little bit. So... Make sure that they're yes. up and dandy and working like they should. So yeah, so we we had that sort of stuff here too. Like um, yeah, there's a few on the other side of town for me and Bowen that we go to occasionally. Um, and you can take stuff there and trade it in, and like you know they'll obviously go through, test it, clean it, all that sort of stuff, mm. make sure it's as good as it can be, mm. and they'll sell it for a profit. And then like you know I also shop there, like that's where I get a lot of my Game Boys and games from. Mm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. I feel, um, I feel as if a good place to start would probably be just getting, like, if especially if you don't have it anymore, like, just getting the consoles or console you grew up with 
Well, like, you know, the first console you ever owned. Mm. Yeah, so generally speaking, um, with gaming, like this sort of stuff, I would recommend go for stuff that you personally have nostalgia for. Um, a lot of people get it in their brain that they're going to go for what's profitable, but as I explained before with the curve, what's profitable often changes. So you want to be either before the curve or after the curve. Like, so take Pokemon games, for example. Um, buying those, you know, probably six years ago, mm. um, you were still paying a bit for them. They're never going to be cheap because people like Pokemon, but they weren't the way they are now with the prices. Like, the prices now are freaking insane. They are ridiculous, mm. man. Like, it's like $180 for Emerald loose cartridge right now. <laughs> I paid 130 for Crystal. Like, that's insane. Like, I saw crystal for a hundred uh sorry for eighty dollars probably a year and a half ago yeah 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 so yeah i wouldn't recommend buying at the top of the curve thinking you're gonna make money off it you know buy stuff that you like and sometimes it goes up in money sometimes it does not well i feel Hmm. as if getting into the whole collecting retro stuff i i don't really see many people doing it for profit like, I, I feel as if, if you're getting into retro stuff for profit, you're kind of doing it for the wrong reason. Mm. That's just my yeah, opinion. I, I, like, I agree completely. A lot of people have... Um, it kind of went with the Pokemon resurgence with the, uh, with the old uh, spicy cough pandemic that hit the world. Fucking... People sort of wanted to take up old hobbies again, and a lot of people really got back into Pokemon cards. Mm. And once the cards started getting huge again... And there's a few YouTubers and stuff that I'm not going to mention because, like, frankly, I think they're fuckwits. But um, <laughs> they, they really led that thing as well. And it got really popular, which is cool, whatever. But then people were like, oh, the cards, I want to play the games. So they started buying the games and then the prices started to creep. And they were like, oh, I'm going to get all the copies I can to try and make a dollar off it. And, like, I get it to a degree, but at the same time, I'm like, man, kind of fuck you, you know? No, 100%. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's uh, there's one YouTuber. Once again, I'm not going to mention a name, but he uh he encased a whole bunch of Game Boy colors inside of resin as a piece of art. And oh, someone asked yeah. me the day, they're like, "Don't you think that's the coolest thing?" And I'm like, no, "That fucking pissed me off." And they're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause you just ruined like however many Game Boy colors. They're not in the world anymore. They're operational." Mm. And they're like, "Oh, but they're preserved." I'm like, "No, they're useless because they're filled with resin." Yeah. Like, if you wanted to make a piece of art, why not just use blank shells and, like, glue some buttons in so it looks like it's a Game Boy Color without ruining those, you know... The components. To me, yeah, exactly. Like, scarcity there. Obviously, like, there's millions sold, so they're not, like, an endangered species, but it's still just a piss-off, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it is what it is. And then, but, um, you know, definitely, um, yet again, YouTube, we won't mention the name of. Um, mm. I remember him buying a first edition Charizard for like 200 grand. And it's just like, whoa. You know what's funny actually is the bloke that I bought that Pokemon Game Boy off. Mm. His goal has been to buy and sell Pokemon cards and stuff like that in order to work his way up to buying a first edition Pokemon card. Oh, shit. Mm. And I'm like, oh shit, okay, man. Like, good, good on him. Like, whatever. If that's his hobby, cool. Not hobby shaming, but yeah, it's a, it's, it was a very influential thing. So, 
yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just go for what you like, though. You know, I like a lot of games that are after properties that I like. Like, I'm very much like in terms of games. I love Jurassic Park stuff. Any Jurassic Park game, no matter what thing it is, I'll just buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Predator. I love Predator. Um, I love uh, Spawn as well. Like anything like that, just go for it. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another really good way to collect as well is um, to pick a console to focus on. So like... Obviously, if you see something for a good deal, go for gold. But, like, for me, my big nostalgia lies sort of from the Super Nintendo um, to the Nintendo 64 and, like, the handhelds in between that. Um, and a bit of PlayStation as well. But, like, I bought an NES just because, you know, I wanted one. And I don't play it. It's not really my thing. And I'm not really going to buy games for it too much. I have a few essentials and that's it. Um, cause I'm like, well, that could be money towards a cool SNES game or a Game Boy or, you know, so yeah, just sort of be conscious of that. Don't just go, oh, I have an Atari and buy 50 games for it just because you got it. Like if you're not going to play them, just be conscious, spend the money where you're going to play it, where you get the most use, mm. you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't hmm. know. Like personally, I don't think I'd ever pick up an Atari. Just more cause yeah, hey, have nostalgia, man. Like, obviously, I don't have the nostalgia for it, but yeah, even then, yeah, like, I feel as if, if I'm ever, if I even, I, like, even if I did buy Atari, it's more of a bragging, right? Yeah. Or it's just like, I have an Atari. I, th- I think if I get an Atari, it'll be for my shelf, and it'll have, you know, probably, like, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Pong, like, those couple of essentials, and that's probably it. I'm not gonna... Try and collect the rare games for it, or blah 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 blah. Like it's just like yeah, cool, got it. Dates, cool. Well, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, if you get an yeah. Atari, just go start digging outside, try and find that landfill. <laughs> the ET game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so many yes. of them were buried. You're bound to find one soon. That's true. That's true. That's it, guys. We need to get a field trip funded for the podcast. Let's <laughs> go over there and find ET. Oh, <laughs> Pack your shovels. We're going to America. Oh yeah, but uh, another way to do some retro gaming collecting is is definitely something that if I would get into it, it would probably to like you know I like Pokemon games. If mm. I was going to collect anything Pokemon related, it'd probably be all the different games, you know, red, blue, Ooh. yellow, crystal. Uh, Honestly, my nostalgia goes up to Crystal, so after all the games after that, I, I don't really care about, but uh, I'm going to have to play them at some point. Uh, mm. like, yeah, oh, honestly, man, Generation 3 was an absolute banger. Like, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Yeah. My favorite generation, actually, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even with nostalgia aside, like, I really like that generation. Well, yeah, I mean, right. I, I personally went out of my way thankfully as blake said earlier with the whole curve thing i went out of my way before the curve to go pick up a uh loose cart of emerald and i played that through and my god it still lives up to this day it's such an amazing game yeah. uh, emerald yeah. is game boy advanced though not game boy color right yeah 
Gen three. Yeah, correct. Gen three. Correct. Yeah. 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 Gen three. So uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald are all uh, Game Boy Advanced. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, they did actually do a remake of those two as well. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire mm. for the DS. So if you have a DS sitting around, you can actually get them for a fair bit cheaper than the originals at the moment. Yeah. So that's a pretty good way to play it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for like fifty, fifty dollars odd, which is like. Yeah, no. Not bad. And yeah. those remakes aren't bad either. They're they're pretty good too. Are they they're quite quality? Yeah. No, I 100% yeah. loved them when I played them. I'll definitely pick them up yeah, and then, that then. As sad as it sounds, I've played like every main series Pokémon game. Every yeah. single one. Nice. Like That's not sad. I think that's cool, man. Just shows like, that you're a fan. I you know? yeah, the right. first game I ever played was Pokémon Red. Yeah, yeah. Same for mm. me, man. Same for me. Red was was the first yeah, same. R- first ever game I actually played too. I think, uh, at least on the thing on I the definitely... console that I owned from myself, because I I yeah I I wasn't born into riches or fame, uh, so I had to claw my way up. And uh, <laughs> the first yeah, we're all peasants. Exactly. The first <laughs> the first actual console I had that was like a Game Boy Color. Yeah, the purple, yeah, the atomic right. purple one. I really Ooh. love that one. Oh, you're gonna like my one that I get then, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're like, damn. Um, I'm I, um... a little bit jealous of that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if I find one for a good price, I'll send it to you. Look, I'm actually I know just... you I'm searching for one now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> if I find one, brother, I'll send it to you. I promise. <laughs> like. And I say that not because you're not capable of finding one, but like, I'm out in the retro game stores and I'm always on Facebook Marketplace and things like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I find one for a good deal, I'm happy to pick it up and shoot it over to you, dude. <laughs> Even if you want to pay me for it, I don't care. Because it's actually cool things to know about Game Boys or like Game Boy Colors, especially. They don't have region locks. Yeah, exactly. So, so if I send an Aussie console over to you, you can play like whatever translation of the game you want to play. Exactly. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So cool. So cool. Uh, well, actually, to be fair, you're in Europe, so we'd be fine anyway, because uh, with the Super Nintendo, they have the PAL region. Yeah. And Australia is counted as Europe. So they're... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. They play across there. I can't play American or Japanese games, though. So. Yeah, probably because of the language barrier. <laughs> what? Uh, you're right, I don't speak American. <laughs> Lisa, the O out of color, the U out of color. Come on, guys. I'm joking. American listeners, I love you guys. Like, at least a third of you. Um, <laughs> third. Nah, seriously. Y'all the other two thirds, you better watch out. <laughs> no, nah, no, I find only the really cool Americans listen to our podcast, so mm. they won't be offended by that. The, the lame ones don't listen to us, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, take that, all other Americans. All yeah. Other <laughs> N- note to all of America: If you want to be cool, listen to our podcast. Right. <laughs> Just start seeing like Joe Biden is like, oh, I've been listening to this podcast and it's really cool, nice little hobby table. <laughs> it's got two two Australian fellas and one Belgian fella, and I really like it. We should get in contact with Jack Black's like people. <laughs> and just like, because I, I, I honestly, if I could ever have Jack Black on this podcast, my life would be made complete. <laughs> he could just curl up oh, into the ball and then but, leave. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, that is a really sick way to collect things. Like, you know, complete sets or whatever. Like, Jurassic Park for me, Pokemon. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, another really good one as well is um, you can focus on, like, odd peripherals and obscure consoles. So, like, I'm a big Nintendo collector, but you could go, you know what? I want a Neo Geo console. Or I want a Virtual Boy console and all the games for it. Or I want this weird attachment. Like, a lot of people do that just because it's an oddity. Yeah. You know? So that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, like, who who's going to buy a Game Boy camera nowadays? Uh, me! Well, I, mean, I got one the other day! I mean, yeah, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, who's going to buy the Game Boy camera to use it? Like, it's an odd... Yeah, that's true. A, yeah, yeah. Like, it's an odd thing. I, I reckon me. somebody needs to start an OnlyFans where they take all the pictures for their content with a Game Boy camera. <laughs> I think that would that would make Game Rusters amounts of money. Feed you know. pics, but I actually <laughs> take them with my Game Boy camera. <laughs> Show us your private eight bits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funnier than it should have been. Sorry. Oh. Now. I'm just gonna pace myself a moment. <laughs> why? Why would we really want to collect old stuff anyway? Because like you know, new stuff's technically better, but like. Why would you want to even collect old stuff? Better and better. That's debatable. Well, like, in terms of, tech, like, a technological standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, technological, they're objectively better. Yeah, I mean, the graphics could be better, but that doesn't mean the storyline is better. Like, there's so many good games that have amazing storylines, and the graphics are just utter shit. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think the important thing is to, like, um... It's sort of like with guitar, you know, like, uh, guitar tones have progressed, mm. but more money is spent in the guitar industry trying to make guitars sound like they used to <laughs> than it is on making guitars sound different, right? And it's the same with games. Like, all the indie games that people adore, they're usually in retro styling. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's because that 16 and that 8-bit style graphics, those particularly... They're an art form now. People just accept them as mm. like, yep, yeah, that's its type of art. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know? you know, look at games like Shovel Knight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Sonic Mania when they just straight up went, oh, let's go make an old school Sonic game, and then Sega was like, hey, you want to work for us, bro? Let's put that out for you. You know, yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. Or even, no, or even like right. new games based on old formulas as well. Like one of my mm. favorites being Hollow Knight. Which is a Metroidvania. Mm. Like, I yep. fucking love yep. that game. Holy shit. Actually, have you ever played Symphony of the Night? I've played a little bit of it, yeah. Yeah, I've got it on my Xbox. Mm. Like, uh, you know, um, they did it for the Xbox Arcade back in the day. And, like, man, that game is fun. I'm bad at it. You know, that but game let me is, tell you, it's a good time. That game is top tier. Yeah. Same with, like, Super yeah. Metroid. Oh. Yeah, dude, I have the original cart of that. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I have that on cartridge. I do. We gotta play it sometime. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, one thing I fucking love about old school stuff um, is, number one, it looks fantastic in a display. Like, especially when we start talking about the crazy variants they had for the Nintendo 64, the Game Boys, and um, the PS2s. Mm. 
Because mm. there's some wild colours. They look amazing. And my personal favourite, there's no fucking microtransactions. <laughs> <laughs> when, you bought, when you bought a game back in the day, that was it. They might release a, an expansion for it a year after it comes out, but that's fine. That's extra. Yeah. But it wasn't like, hey, look, you, you bought Super Mario. Oh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, to have his mustache, that's an extra dollar. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't know? Oh, yeah. Also, uh, you know, to, to, to get the uh, the fire flower? Yeah. Five bucks, mate. That's DLC. Like, what? Do you want the princess what? to be in this castle? Five bucks. Yeah. Do you want your princess dummy thick? That's another ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no. I just think it's a fucking joke how games are like that these days. You pay $80 for a brand new game. 80 Yeah. And they're like, mm, there's also some day one DLC. And you're like, mate, if you got that on day one, that means you just didn't put it in the fucking game. <laughs> exactly. You're a dick. You know? Yeah, but and, and it's also like, yeah, like nowadays we're seeing a lot more games that are coming out incomplete. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And like, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. There are some exceptions to that where I think it's fine. Like, if people want to support games that are still in like early access and stuff like that, I'm totally for it. I mean, like, have you guys seen Subnautica? Yeah, like that game is that game is fun as shit, and like that game is still being worked on. And you know, you can go buy it and play it. Well, they they got Below Zero now as well, right? The sequel. Yeah. But it's like, there are other games that have come out, which are nowhere near complete. <coughs> Cyberpunk. <coughs> yeah, well, I think Cyberpunk's not even the worst defender. Um, at least that had, like, that had issues for sure, but at least the creativity was there. At least... What bothers, what bothers me is, like, these game franchises that shit out a new game every year that's the same fucking thing but with a new skin and you pay more and more to unlock all the content mm. whereas that same game franchise 10 years ago it was just you buy it you buy a couple of DLC maps like you know after a few months to get the multiplayer going and everything else you grind to unlock like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's why old games kick ass in that regard I think and it's also the fact that yeah. like if you bought an old game you knew it was gonna function you know, like you didn't have to yeah. worry about like, you know. Oh, does big this run bugs. on my computer? Yeah, you know, but like obviously there probably have been examples of like a game comes out for like older consoles and then something is wrong. Mm. But instead of just waiting for an update, they would just recall it and then you just get a new copy that's fixed. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or they leave it in there and it becomes part of the game. Yeah. But generally, they're not game breaking glitches. They're just silly stuff, like a bit of text or something yeah. like that. But that's also because the game formulas back then were more simple. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a massive open world where, you know, if you drop an item here, a spanner falls from a building and kills an NPC over there or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that. It was just like, yeah, your pixel's here, you run that way, boom, done. Mm. Mad. Exactly. So, yeah. But definitely a good reason to buy old games, I think. I also just feel as if, like, you know, it can be quite fun like just you know having a couple mates over and just like whipping out like a an old classic they used to play as kids and then just like you just having some fucking nostalgic fun mm. you know and like yeah, they yeah. also the other great thing about older games is like you don't have to sink 
hours upon hours upon hours of your life to get satisfied like you can play for around 30 minutes to an hour and you can still have just as much of a blast as what takes in some games hours to do you know yeah absolutely man like you don't have to play sonic for eight hours a day to feel satisfied with Sonic. exactly you sit down with it for a half an hour you make your run you go till you die if you're great you might finish the game if you're not you know you'll go okay cool try again tomorrow and then you're like yeah but like you still feel like you've had your fun with it you know and like don't get me wrong i love big games to take a hundred hours to get through like me and bone are big monster hunter fans Mm. You know, um, that shit consumed our lives while I had COVID. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I don't want every game experience to be like that, mm. you know? So, yeah. Good point, again, Mr. Bodacious Bow. Again, hence why I like Hollow Knight so much. Because it's like, yeah. I can have fun, even if it's just for half an hour, just exploring around. Yeah. Like, that whole Metroidvania uh, style game. I, I didn't enjoy Hollow Knight too much from what I played. But I think that's because it was devoid of very bright colors, and I need that for oh, my shit. Yeah, it's back. a very, <laughs> it's a very dark, gothic. It's aesthetic. a grim, dark game for yeah. our Warhammer friends. Yeah, it's it's not meant to be colorful, which is kind of why I like it, and I love the art style as well. Yeah, it is a sick game. It mm. just didn't keep my interest to play oh, through it. 100%. But I appreciate what it is. hundred percent. Mm. Um. You want to get this one, Obi? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, there could also be like a really good thrill of the chase. One could say, like, searching for that last copy that you're missing in your in your collection, or mm. just going to all the like to stores and just flipping through all the games they have like yes it's fucking here or just go out to like yeah. a, a yard sale uh, you know in in the summer times in sweden we have like a lot of these uh, like people just put like a table out and then the whole street is like basically announcing like oh we're doing a second hand sale and they're selling their stuff you might get lucky and find some really cool things that they're selling and maybe even even at a good price because usually those people are like ah we'll we'll sell it off just to get rid of it but they don't really know the value of things you know yeah or it's it's older people and they just want it out of the garage like it's you know right it's a kid's parents yeah and it's yeah. been in their garage for the last 15 years because <laughs> the kids moved out of home exactly and they're like well fuck it sorry little jeff but we're selling the game boys you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, in Australia we call those garage sales, but I think everyone else in the world calls them yard sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, the UK, I believe, they also have car boot sales. Yeah, Which yeah, is where yeah. they literally open up the boot of the car and, you know, which, uh, yeah. And, honestly, man, the other day, and Bowen was actually there for this one, I'm glad he was. We were out, uh, we drove across town to this retro game place we just discovered. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around. And then I discovered this case that I hadn't seen yet. I walked past it four times. I look in there, and there's a fucking gold, gold Nintendo 64. <laughs> and I'm like, what the balls? <laughs> so I go up and inquire about it, and the guy's like, 
yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's an American one. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, I've never seen one of those before in the wild. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I need to have this. So I walked out of there with it, of course. Um, and I'm very happy. It's a Toys R Us one, I believe, in the US. Oh, and they were never sold in Australia. So they're pretty cool, man. And uh, did I need it? No, but I need it. You know, like, I was Spongebob that day. Bowen's just shaking his head at me, like, so incredibly disappointed at me, but, you know. I mean, I wasn't disappointed. (laughs) You were just like, God fucking damn it. It was more the fact that he just kept passing the same, like, case over and over, and I'm like, bro, just fucking buy it. (laughs) Just get it. I was like, I was a shark circling my prey. Damn it. Nintendo. <laughs> no, do, okay. On that sort of side note, real quick, do you know what did really make me mad about that store? And again, nothing on What's the that? store's fault. It's all me. That's okay. We haven't mentioned the store, so what's your opinion? But a while, uh, I think it was a year ago, I ordered a copy of Persona 3 and Persona 4 for my PS2. Me being the dumb, stinky idiot that I am, forgot that. <laughs> PlayStation 2 has region locks. So I accidentally ordered American copies of Persona 3 and 4. Fast track to when we went to said store. I walk in, I see a massive wall of PS2 games, because that's what I'm super nostalgic for. Mm. And I start looking around. I see some good games. I saw a Japanese copy of Guilty Gear. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. And then I look down at this little, little extra glass case they have for their really rare games. And what do I find in there, Oberon? You want to take a guess? Uh, exactly what you were looking for. PAL versions of Persona 3 and 4. I was pissed. Yeah, he was pretty upset. Because to... So, to... You know, bring you along with the journey I had to go through to play those games. I had to go buy a PlayStation 3 just to play them. And then even then... I had to make an American account just so I could get Persona 4. So I played through Persona 3, loved it, got to Persona 4, about to start playing it, you know, just bought it, ready to play it, and then they announced, oh, Persona 4 Golden's now on Steam. And I'm like, go, I'm like, go, I'm like, go fuck yourself. So legit, after I finished Persona 3, I was like, here, Blake, have a PS3. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I ended up getting it off him. So now I have all the PlayStations except the PS5. <laughs> oh, it was. But the the moral of the story is here, guys. No matter what hobby you're doing, do your fucking research, man. Yeah. Like five minutes of Bowen searching what he was after, actually searching about it, and he would have figured that one out. And I think he learned from his mistake too. I shake my head. And... <laughs> maybe I did maybe I did you can't tell me what to do <laughs> oh yeah but yeah that's uh honestly if if you love shit that looks good set up and whatnot, and like you're all about that old school stuff you know like maybe you're a big Alice in Chains fan. You just live in the 90s like me and Bowen do. <laughs> you know, old school games are where it's at for you, man. Um, so it's, it's fun. Give it a go. But uh, just be wary of that, that hype 
that hype peak. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, please don't pay three hundred dollars for Pokemon Soul Silver. Don't don't do it. Just wait. I bought. Watch I, that curve flatten. It's already I, dropping off. Pick it up at a good deal. I bought it at a pretty decent price, and then loaded it in, and I was like, "This dude's got so many good Pokemon. I can't really play this and delete all these Pokemon. They're awesome." So I ended up selling it. <laughs> the whole, the whole cartridge. And what? Everything. Yeah. It was, You're telling me you. It even had the Walker in it. I even had the Walker. You're tell- you're telling me you had so much empathy for somebody's Pokemon party <laughs> that you'd rather sell the cartridge than delete them. Yeah, but yeah. then the person who bought it would have probably just deleted it anyway. Exactly. But can we just... Uh... But it's... There's no blood on Obi's head. Exactly. Can, it's not mine. It's not me. I didn't kill them. Can we just say real quick how fun it is to buy a second-hand Pokemon game? Because, right. like, you don't delete the save immediately. You immediately go on there and judge their taste. And you're like, oh, your team's shit. You know what? That's fun. But you and I discovered a greater joy the other day, Bowen. And that is buying Game Boy cameras and checking through the photographs on them. <laughs> that shit is funny. Yeah, so Blake came over to show, uh, show me his new Game Boy Color. And it had a camera on it. So um, I'm looking through it. And then I found the, uh, I took a picture of myself and I wanted to see it, so I checked the album. Uh, lo and behold, the previous owner did not delete their photos. <laughs> so, we were... He's like, <laughs> smiling. So, we cool. were subjected to a very, uh, I want to say a 30-year-old man. Just like, ah, look at me. You, you know what? I just thought of a really gnarly idea for a horror movie. What if somebody bought a whole box of Game Boy cameras and started, like, going through the, the, the fucking albums and had to put them chronologically and he uncovered a murder mystery no, and it was, like, no. all fucked up and shit. That, I would watch the fuck out of that. Let's go. That seems... There you go. Whoever makes films, you can have that for free. Um, Just uh, invite me to your premiere. I'll make it. I'm qualified to do that. That's true. That's true. You are a film man. Mm. <laughs> I'll make it an uh, art house fucking film too. Oh no, not a fart house. What's wrong with fart house, man? I don't know. That's a great movie. Anyway, just saying. Anyway, back to the studio. Uh, Bowen, mm. if you were to start collecting old games, or like get into retro game collecting, what would you do? Well, I mean. I've spoken to you a little bit about it, just like, you know, off the podcast, but, um... Oh, we have these conversations constantly, I never shut up about it, so... (laughs) So, after doing this episode, hopefully it dies down a bit. (laughs) Um, You're dreaming. (laughs) This will only fortify my will. But, I want to get into getting some retro consoles and some retro games as well. Um, uh, weirdly enough, I want to go in chronological order of, like release so like i want to start from the NES, and then like work my way up oh yeah um getting all the handhelds as well not so much getting all the variants but i just want to have like a like a single one of each okay yeah so sort of like i did but not so crazy on the color variants yes pretty much would you say say if you bought uh 
an NES, would you get the games that you deem as essential for that? Like, say, probably Super Mario 1, 2, 3, mm. a Zelda game, those sorts of things? Yeah, and just games that I think I'd be interested in. Yeah, okay. But you're probably not going to go balls deep collecting on something that you haven't played much, right? No. Well, I, com- yeah. I was completely past NES. I was yeah. oh bro, it was it was before my time too. I was I just remember the controllers have spikes on the side because they're like square and they weren't comfortable. Um, I was Sucked. definitely more SNES, so that's probably where yeah. I spent a lot of money on the shit. Well, realistically, when you were born, you well and truly missed SNES as well. But I gave you mine as a child to play on. Exactly. Yeah, so Bowen grew up playing Super Mario All-Stars. Mm, before I got my own know, console, which, good segue, was the PS2. That was the first console. First, nice. emphasis on console. I did have a Game Boy Advance before then, but console, PS2. You you also had a Game Boy Color, because I gave you my old teal one. That is right. I just don't know whatever happened with Neither it. Neither do I. Lost the time, unfortunately. Lost, yeah. Goblins got yeah. it. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I'd probably go I want to get a lot of uh, the stuff I played as a kid with the PS2 um, most notably one of my favourite series um, to play on the PS2 was uh, the Jack series okay. so Jacks 1, 2, 3 I played the ever living shit out of yep, me too, to man. the point me too. where I can finished Jack 1 in under 6 hours in one second. That's sitting. insane, dude. Yeah. That game took me months as a kid. I, like, nowadays. Months. Not, not not back then, but now. Yeah. Like, when they re-released the entire trilogy on PS4, I bought it. And yeah, I finished Jack 1 within 6 hours. 100% too. So. It's, uh, it, it's all about those, uh, the, that fishing mini game with the net. Mm. We have to try and catch those right fish so you can get the power core, you know? Bro, it's a power cell. Get your facts straight. Whatever, man. Oh, sorry. Those goblins in my brain again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I want to get Jack's power 1, core. 2, 3, and even though you're probably not going to agree with me, Blake, Jack X, because I fucking love that game. Yeah, I honestly, dude. Is that the one where you start off in the desert and there's cars involved? No, it's the... Like the, the buggies? No, no, that's the racing one. Oh, whatever, man. I never really played yeah, no, Jack, it. It wasn't my thing. Jack 3 was the desert one. In, in my opinion, I was there for, for Jack 1, uh, like Jack 2, and then I was like, okay, I'll sort of done now. Yeah. Well, you know, you know um, Jack sort of took a turn with the success of GTA, so... That's why I got a look. It really did. Which, you know... Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you're familiar with the games, Obi, but it went from sort of like a Crash Bandicoot-esque experience in an open world, or like semi-open world, yeah. to like, you're in a fucking future city and you carjack people. Okay. Like, and you, sh- and you straight up like, shoot people and fucking like alien looking things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wicked games. Yeah, no, Jack 3 was really fun too. Um, Absolutely. Honestly, and then after that, do the good old classic, get all the Pokemon games again, because I've lost most of mine. Um, yeah, like yeah. I said, I've played through literally all of them. Um, yeah. So I want to get those again. And hopefully by the time I actually can start collecting them, they go down in price. Because mm. I, like you said, I'm not paying $300 for Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah, you're quite lucky in some regards because the really old ones aren't the the. 
improved versions are like uh, red and blue and gold and silver those base games still they can be found on cartridge for what i would deem an okay price you can get them for 70 80 dollars that's that's sometimes a little cheaper depending on condition that's not terrible no. um you know like that's fine but like your crystals your emeralds those ones they cost a bit more so it's just like yeah like your yeah those are the ones you want to wait for that curve to flatten on until they go down to like you know well similar price well yeah those sort of like third installment games where they're kind of like the other two combined they do go for quite a lot so when we went to that retro store they were selling pokemon diamond for about 90 dollars mm-hmm. which is ridiculous that that game sold like 12 million copies so i can't, you can't tell me something that sold 12 million copies is scarce enough to no. cost that much so i don't want to imagine what pokemon platinum is like since it's sim it's similar to heart gold and that i've looked at it yeah that game very fun too played that as a kid finished it in two days <laughs> oh, yeah you, you're a beast at Pokemon dude I just use Earthquake and everything and hope for the best <laughs> I mean like, yeah I used I don't know Earthquake fucks humans up why wouldn't it fuck other Pokemon well, up I mean, rumble rumble well, I mean yeah rumble, I did get bunga. into the competitive scene for a while like I was like selectively breeding Pokemon to get like the perfect IVs on them wow just to play online so oh jeez you're a genuine Pokemon expert, right? Oh, dude, there are way more better people than me out there, but... I'm gonna start calling you Professor Boke. 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 I mean, you, you, you can drop the K, just keep it Professor Bo, or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. What about you, Obi? What, what would you do if you, uh, if, if you were to collect retro games? Uh... It would be, I would track down probably a, uh, like, Atomic Purple Game Boy Color and play Crystal again. And, like, obviously Pokemon Crystal, I would track down. Mm-hmm. But besides that, uh, there are, like, a few PlayStation 2 games that are, like, really nostalgic for me. Uh, one of them being Final Fantasy, uh, 7, 8, 9. Okay. Those games really shaped me as a, a human in the early days because I played those games religiously. I think I played nine, like, three times or something. Oh, that's why you don't wear a shirt often. You're being clown. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Final Fantasy, for showing us Oblerone's nipple. <laughs> <laughs> and also carrying a really weird gun blade. <laughs> <laughs> no, but beside that... Uh, Dino Crisis, man. Dino Crisis is Ooh. also a game that that I enjoyed so well, so much when I was a kid. You, you know, the moment you say dinosaurs, I mean, <laughs> I've never played Dino Crisis, but I've watched a lot of people play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so, actually recently yeah. watched, like watched the playthrough of it uh, of somebody. I was like, yeah, the pixels my, uh, are my great, Jurassic. But, uh, the game <laughs> itself was so awesome. That actually is one caveat I'm going to add really quickly. For people that haven't gone back to early 3D games in since you initially played them, yeah, please be prepared for Heartbreak, because they're not how you remember them. They're still good. Right. But PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 can be very rough on the nostalgia glasses. Yeah. Like, 
I find like 16-bit games like Super Nintendo, they look exactly how I remember. But like you go back and you load up like James Bond 007 Goldeneye. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck, dude. Like this is rough. It's a good game. And it should be in everyone's collection, but it, it's harder than you remember, like, on the, on the on the visual side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing, like, I bought Diablo 3, and they gave you a little USB stick with the extended edition to play Diablo 2. I booted it up because I really oh, yeah. loved the Diablo 3 universe. I was, like, just could not play it. It was giving me a headache to play. So couldn't do it, man. Couldn't play it. So I should yeah. actually play it at the remaster of Diablo 2. So. Oh, was it good? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I haven't played Fair it. Fair enough! I haven't played it, so... Fair enough, man. Well, for me, I'm working on, like I said, the Game Boy Color Collections. Um, I'm going to sort of pick and choose the games I want from that library. Like, I want uh, Link's Awakening DX. Yeah. Um, anything Dragon Ball Z I'll grab. I already have the Jurassic Park game. Uh, Pokemon's obviously a thing. Mm. Um, just those sorts of games. Mario. Whatever I think looks cool. Um, but I'm mainly off the console variants there. And then uh, straight on to the Nintendo 64. Um, I already have a jungle green one and a gold one. Um, I'll probably buy a basic grey one next because I think it's weird that I don't have the base console. And then from there it's just... Yeah, there's an ice blue one, a watermelon one, a fireball orange, a purple. Um, there's a, a black one that's like see-through. They're all see-through. Yeah. And they're really cool. So I think that'll sort of be my my pursuit. But I, every time I find something, I think, oh, I like that. Like a PS2 game that I like. Mm. I'll just pick it up as I go, you know? So, yeah, sort of just how I roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Obi, do you want to hit that next point there? Yeah. Um, uh, an important question to to ask is how do you actually get involved in this kind of community? Where where do you search for people who are like minded, retro gaming wise? Yeah. So your best place usually I find is going to be Facebook groups, especially in these days. You know. Mm. No one goes outside and actually speaks to each other for real. Um, yeah, that's what people but do. like, oh, humans! Wow. Oh, <laughs> um, no, that's actually I'm a real people person. But fucking Facebook groups are great. Um, if you can't identify something or you think it's a bit odd, you can ask people with potentially more knowledge. Um, anything like that. Um, also, local markets and stores. Um, you know, if you can build a rapport with the guys that say own your local retro game store, mm. they're obviously going to look after you more if you trade in games and they're probably going to look after you a bit more when you try to buy games as well. Yeah. Or maybe you'll go, Hey man, if you get in that atomic purple game boy, you know, you call fucking good old Oblerone and say, Hey brother, get down here. Yeah. You know, like that's helpful. Cause then you have to worry about it going on the shelf and you may be missing it, you know? So that networking is really helpful. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 I think uh, uh, a place that I actually have encountered a lot of people doing uh, retro retro gaming stuff is, is conventions. We have one that's actually local to this town. It hasn't been because of Corona, obviously, 
but the last time we went we had a blast because there was a Nintendo stand and my kids were just playing Nintendo Switch while I was browsing through the old Game Boy Color section. You know. That's sick as hell, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never actually been to a convention, but I'd like to soon. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably, I think I'll probably rope Bowen and his lovely missus into coming with me because yeah. I don't go anywhere alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Bowen, I enjoyed hello. That, so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You will be the third wheel this time. No, no, mate. Come on. You know me and Elise both just pick on you, so you're the third wheel. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now look, you know what? I don't mind being the third wheel because the third wheel is one everyone sees. <laughs> <laughs> and the third wheel is there, is. so you don't tip over, okay? That's <laughs> right. Without me, you'd have no stability. You'd be a mere bicycle without me. Yeah, but a, a bicycle works only if you ride fast. <laughs> exactly. Good luck balancing a bike on two wheels while you're standing still. Yeah. Humans don't ride bicycles, only people in tights. <laughs> wait, oh, you hit those people. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you just, hold up. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said humans don't ride bicycles. Yes. But people in tights ride them. Yes. The, the fuckers that are always in my way when I'm trying to drive somewhere. <laughs> those fuckers. Like, I hate to alarm you, but you know. People are humans, right? Bowen, that's a hobby heresy. I'm sending Mitson. It has nothing to send do Inquisitor. with hobbies. This is just you being a dumb, dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Learn your fucking synonyms, brother. You know what? I don't like cinnamon, so fuck off. Alright, well. Uh, you know, Bowen, we have some questions, okay? So how about you get into asking some of those? Alright. Uh, and make yourself useful before I put you in tights and run you over. Bro, I'm the one who edits this fucking thing. That's true, that's true. Please don't without, die. I without you. me, you got no podcast, buddy. So watch yeah, your true. fucking time. I, I'd have to go on Skillshare and learn how to edit. <laughs> oh no. Please sponsor us Skillshare oh, so we can learn how to edit. Uh, yeah. Skillshare hook us up with dumb dumb bitches. <laughs> well, I mean, speak for yourselves. I know how to edit. So. <laughs> Skillshare, make yourself not a dumb dumb bitch. <laughs> um, New company slogan. League led asks, where do uh, tabletop RPGs fall on the hobby spectrum? Uh, as the game master or the player? Hmm. I, I, they're definitely a hobby, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think they're a fucking great hobby, to be honest, because they encapsulate so much. Like, especially if you go into the miniature side of it, because you can get into miniature painting just for your tabletop RPGs. Hmm. Like, you know, we did a big two-odd-year two D&D campaign, me and Bowen and a few other friends. Um, you know, we had some really cool characters in there, and I kitbashed my own model for it. Uh, Bowen went through two characters, the second of which was basically Deadpool, but in a cloak. <laughs> um, you know, our, our buddy Bevan was just the best fucking DM. Um, we had a high elf named Giggles, who was an absolute legend and hit like a truck. Like, you know, we had we had a high elf named Malave, like, the cat was playing. Like, it was just great, dude. Um, great time to spend with your friends and a really great hobby. So, yeah. Tabletop RPGs are fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah, 
And and that's just my experience with D and D. Like I know there's Warhammer ones and shit like that too. So but the, there's also maybe if there's enough demand for it, we'll put in a channel on the Discord and maybe we could even get some games going in there. Yeah, little one shots and stuff like that. If people want to do it, we're happy to facilitate it. Whatever makes your hobbies grow. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely with you on there. Since tabletop in general is already a huge hobby, uh, RPG making an RPG with miniatures, for example, just amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you could even, I mean, in some people play Warhammer 40k uh, narratively as well, so that's also a way to get into RPGs. Uh, Otherwise, I don't. Re- I'm. I'm not much of a RPG player, but I would like to at some point. Definitely, I want to try D and D at some point. I feel as if a. Uh, um. Sorry, Blake. We can't hear you. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> I think it's something that um everyone should at least try. You know, like. Just give it a go. Even if it's uh, you just have one session with a person knows what they're doing, you'll like it. Yeah. Well, it feels as if uh, another part of the tabletop thing that you didn't quite hit there as well is like even just the process of writing a story and like a world and all the characters that inhabit it and like writing your character for like a D&D campaign. That, I would consider that in like a, in on a like hobby itself. You know, like, yeah. you, you yeah. could just use something someone's written online. But let's be real, that's fucking boring. Make mm. some whack shit. Mm. Like, make a fucking character who's basically Deadpool, and instead of helping all of his comrades fight, he sits on a building and draws the <laughs> battle. Like, that's more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ma- make a Dragonborn Barbarian that dresses everybody's wounds in-game with bacon because he's stupid. Like... <laughs> like... Tabletop, like D&D especially, becomes more fun when you're, weirdly enough, not playing it seriously. Like, obviously, yeah. you're playing it seriously yeah. enough to, like, get through it, but you're being, like, goofy and shit. Like, I feel as if that's more fun. Like, you yeah. know, going to, like, say, I don't know, like, a local game place and then just playing with, like, a, a random group we all play seriously like that would uh, like i'm sure it'd be fun but i don't know i'd find it kind of boring to me if you're not going to throw yourself at the characters and role play yes and you're just there for stats and min maxing you might as well just go play 40k or tabletop battles and yeah like because that's all you're doing but you're talking occasionally between it like if you're gonna play D&D, lean into your character like actually be them you know But yes, League Lad, D&D is a hobby, and it's a very multifaceted and great hobby. Thank you for asking that question, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're a good lad. Thank you for your questions. <laughs> Sick. Uh, next question by Gil Harrod. Uh, I'd like to review... Uh, I'd like you to review this metal song. Uh, well, the, the li- song he linked was WAP by Andrew Bina. I guess his name Baina, I guess Bainer. it is. Yeah. 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 It is a YouTuber that does wacky shit. 
and Offset. We yeah. kind of listened to the song before, and um, while WAP itself is a terribly shitty song, uh, being covered in metal makes it infinitely better. However, I think Andrew uh, didn't really quite nail it on, on the cover side of things. If you listen to the version that Bro Job made, for example, which is a little bit deeper, heavier, mm, I think that those guys definitely nailed the web version uh, compared to and Andrew. It's a good version, just not as good as as Bro Jobs. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I would agree with you. Um, I'd probably give Andrew's one about five goblins out of ten. Um, yeah, vocally, not bad. Um, but it's very genty, and because it's sort of a hip-hop song originally, mm. he sort of stops and starts the, the music mm. with the verses that he's singing, so it gives it a very bap, bap, bap sort of sound, yeah. whereas Bro Job, they just get a sick riff going, and they do the lyrics over it, and it sounds much better. Yeah. Um, and, and Leo from Frog Leap Studios also did a, a good version as well. Great, so great, decent versions by fantastic musicians of a shit song. Yeah, well, you, so, yeah, I, I, I feel as if a cover of a song can only be as good as the original. And if it's a shit, yeah. absolutely mm. garbage song, like, you know, there's not really much you can do. Especially, again, with the massive change in genre. Like, mm. hip-hop yeah. works differently than metal. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to making metal than there is hip-hop, you know? Mm. Like, a there's a lot more nuances, I think. There's more variables as well instead of just like, oh, I made this beat. I'm gonna mm. talk and it. Just... I'm gonna talk yeah. over it. And it's like, oh, you got a hit song. You know, it's like with metal, it's like you gotta do your guitar stuff, your bass guitar if you want to go, you know, rhythm guitar as well, vocals, drums, that sort of shit. Like, there's a lot more yeah, then, variables. Then you gotta decide what style of metal vocals as well. Like whether you're getting death metal, raw, or power metal. It like. Mm what you're gonna do mm. exactly but yeah um i think if you if you want a metal song a pop song gone metal that's actually pretty fucking brilliant uh oops i did it again by children of Bodom is a good <laughs> <off>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. alexi leho is better looking than britney spears changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> i mean when she did she did her hair out uh, that in that in the yeah. But Lexi was always pretty, goddammit. Oh, yeah. Sick. Oh, he also had um, a side question to it. Uh, smoking meat and barbecue. What's your uh, What's your deal? Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say it's a, it's a hobby. Um, I, I don't think we will do a full episode on it. Mm. But my really good buddy, Mikey, who I know is also an av- avid listener, so shout out to Mikey. Hey. Fucking love you, bud. He is really into his meat smoking, so I might get him over here for an episode as a guest, and we'll just have a bit where we chat about it for a little while, because I think it should be brought up. I just don't think there's enough meat, if you will, for a whole episode. Meat. Um, is that a pun? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a pun. My bad, my bad. Um, that was smoking. Um, <laughs> wasn't very saucy. <laughs> it was a little dry nah, on the inside. Oh, no, it's a bit overdone. Um, but yeah, I'll get, we'll, we'll do that. Um, 
And yeah, it's definitely a hobby. There's a lot to it. It's great. I, I personally like to do it as well. So I'm I'm not much of a yeah. smoking meat uh, dude, but I tend to do some barbecuing in the summers and stuff like that. And I do uh, have a slow cooker in the house, which is pretty awesome because whatever you do with it, it's just awesome. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Me, me and me and Justin, um, my buddy Justin, our go-to drunk meal when I'm over there on the <laughs> island. Is he just buys a fucking roast lamb, covers it in some herbs and spices, puts on some balls of aluminium foil, and puts it on for the day while we get fucking pissed, and then all of a sudden, la- lamb sandwiches, let's go. That's awesome. Like, pro move, man. Sick. Nice. Fucking nice. Uh, Bowen, do you have anything to contribute to that, or just... No. you like smoked meat? I've never really smoked meat. Yeah. You've helped me, though. Like, you've helped me around the smoker. Well, yeah, but, um, like, I, yeah. my, my, you know, limit is cooking, like, ribeye fillet on a barbecue, that's about it. Yeah, but, yeah, it's good steak. <laughs> um, Phoenix King asks, when you write a story, how do you keep motivated and attached to the characters? Well, um, yikes, um... Well, one, I don't really write that many stories, so, um, and the one I am currently writing is, it's more of a reflection of myself, I guess, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to kill myself off, but everything else will die <laughs> in the end, <laughs> so, oh, but, uh, yeah, okay, fine, I'll uh, take that back, <laughs> <laughs> nobody dies, uh, Oh. Anti-spoilers? You can't do it, that. It's oh. friend hammer. It, Everyone holds hands at the end. Wholesome hammer. We're all buddies. Yeah, I think um, I think if you're writing a story well, um, and like, don't take this for me because I'm not a writer, but when I do read or listen to books, um, I find that the stories that are well written, I don't need a reason to stay motivated and attached to a character because the book has already crafted that reason. Mm. You know, so, um, for instance, when, when you're reading The Hobbit, you're already attached to people like Gandalf and Thorin and Bilbo because of the literary devices they do to build them up in importance and show their valour and why you should like them. Um, and that's just what a good author does. Mm. Um, you know, anyone that can get to the end of the Hobbit, and think, oh, gee, I hope Gandalf doesn't die. Like, anyone that doesn't have any attachment to any of those characters, I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so well written. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like that with most books, you know? So, yeah, um, maybe just, if you want help writing, um, look into your favourite authors, and try and analyse what makes them such a good author. Not necessarily copy them, but go, okay, this author does this to build suspense for that character. And that's the reason I'm attached to them. Mm. And maybe you sort of take some inspiration from that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. if you're really running out of options, do a Game of Thrones. Valar Morgulis. All men must die. <laughs> that, that's true. When it comes to writing a story, I feel as if, like, one of the best things you can do is just craft a beautiful world. Right, so don't don't mm. make a character and then build a world around said character. Build your world and then, you know, make your character an inhabitant of said world. 
And that well that yeah. Sorry, you and get, I get excited. If you're looking to remain attached to characters, I feel as if the best way besides your typical, you know, character arcs for one is flaws. You know, like obviously there there is a market for, you know, overpowered, you know, indestructible people. You know, but I feel as if a lot of people attach to characters that they can relate to. And mm. the best way for someone to relate to someone in any sort of fiction is via a flaw. You know? Yeah, I mean, that that's why Goku's a better character than Superman. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, okay, Goku might always conquer it in the end, but you watch his struggle to get stronger and training and the hard work that goes into getting stronger too. Yes. To surpass that thing where Superman just powers up and goes. So And like when it's like the Superman thing, it again, it's boring. There's yeah. no there's no work. You don't see what the character goes through to get yeah. to that level. It's kinda of just like, oh here I am. Oh yeah. fucking god. And, then And I think a lot Sorry, I was gonna say I think a lot of people when they when they write too, they go, Okay, who's my pro tag gonna be? And, and like, okay, I sort of get that, but I think it also goes back to how people these days view themselves within society is that most of the time we think of ourselves as a protagonist mm. rather than just a piece within a moving world. Like, life can be beautiful and you can have big impacts on the people around you, but that doesn't mean you're the protagonist. You're just a player in this very big, beautiful world with lots of moving parts. So if you construct your story like that, it'll feel real. You know, like, Bilbo's not the most important person in Middle-earth, and nor is Frodo, like, but they're a part within it, and they play their part, mm. and that does big things, and has shockwaves throughout that world, you know? Like, arguably, when you read Lord of the Rings, Aragorn is the typical protag. You would think that he would be the one that would grab the ring and go to Mordor, yeah. but Tolkien was smart enough to go, no, like, the more unassuming character... The one that has no ambition for anything is the one that will do it. The folly, you know? So I think that's maybe just a good angle to take when you're writing characters. Sick. Nice advice there. Uh, That brings us to the end of the question. Which brings us to something really exciting. Music talk. Actually, hold on. Okay, sorry. Actually, just quickly. Someone did ask. They didn't ask us on paper. But somebody in the Discord really wanted Bowen to do a Ray Romano impersonation on microphone. And I was like, oh man, I'll see if he can do it. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it happened in chat the other day. It might have even been Lee Glad. Oh, well. So, uh, you know, can we get a Hey Deborah? I need some lemon chicken. Well, Lee Glad, because it definitely was you. Because I can't imagine <laughs> anyone else. This is for you. <clears throat> Deborah. Lemon chicken. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't know the reference to that, so you guys are gonna have to send me a video of it. <laughs> it's everybody loves Raymond, just go watch it. Oh, Manny <laughs> from Ice Age. Like, Sid, where's the baby? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm dying. You can have a heart attack, man. <laughs> Th- thank you for answering that final question, Bob. That was all you, man. No worries. <laughs> oh, now I'll be back to the beautiful segue that you were doing before uh, I uh, interrupted you. Brutally interrupted. <laughs> awesome. 
Sorry. No, sorry. I, I'm, I'm kind of out of my groove now. But uh, whatever. I'm not as excited about it anymore. But we'll get through it anyway. Uh, a really <laughs> cool new album dropped that Blake's been pescaring me about to listen to. Just because it is the new Necrogoblican album. Ooh, goblins! There's goblins yeah, here! The goblins are oh, coming. I, 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 exactly. Like with a U. They're coming everywhere. Um, but, <laughs> dude, I've been waiting for this album for like two years. Um, fucking huge Necrogoblican fan. Um, and yeah, just been waiting. Um, now, Bowen and I were already fans. Obi had never actually really heard Necrogoblicon or listened to them per no. se prior to this. So, what do you think of it, uh, Obi? Oh, actually, sorry, it's called The Fundamental Slimes and Humors, for anyone that wants to look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Obi, what do you think? Um, when, the, when I first listened to it, I wasn't terribly impressed. There were, like, a few songs here and there that... That really shot out at me. Let me just quickly look up the album and the, the songs. Uh, I think it was Golden Future that grabbed you first. Yeah, wasn't it? Golden Future really got me at first. Uh, and then. Uh, oh, yeah, there were a few other really good songs on there. Uh, Going to Die, This Is It. Uh, but the more I listened to it, the more the whole album is starting to grow on me. Uh, uh, right now is is definitely one of those tracks that it kind of catches you a little bit off guard, uh, but very catchy tunes, uh, really cool riffs, heavy riffs, with also kind of an old school kind of guitar riffs in there, but also very modern at the same time. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely a solid album, and I'm definitely getting my goblin on. Oh, did um, tell me when you listen to that album, did you go back and check out their older stuff because of it? I have not yet, but I might. Okay, do it, dude. Let me tell you, the next two albums back from it, just as good, <laughs> maybe even better. <laughs> like Welcome to Bonkers and um, Heavy Meta. Yeah, Heavy Meta. The whole album is a concept album. It's fucking brilliant, <laughs> dude. Like, that's how you fall in love with that shit. But yeah, that's no, good. Uh, Bowen, what did you think of it, man? Good. Nice! Thank uh, you for that anything, one. Anything else? <laughs> anything else, mate? It was good. Good album. <laughs> okay. What, you, do, you, do, you want, do you want my opinion, or do you want an essay? Well, I give a fuck, mate. It's fine. Thank you for your, your input, sir. It was a good album. I have spoken. Good album. How many goblins would you give uh, it, then? Yeah. Out of ten. Seven and a half. Yeah, I've spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, that would have been my rating too, so I'll go up a little bit. Eight. Solid eight. I, I, I'm going to say my thoughts on it, but I am in agreement on the score with you guys. Eight goblins out of ten. Um, for me, fantastic album. Um top to finish um it had everything i look for in a necrogoblicon album which is you know great riffs um it is modern but it's not genty it's not that same same shit that you got going on they got a lot of weird circus music going on in the background um it, it's just it oozes personality and fun which a lot of music doesn't anymore um 
Like, I'm as much of a metalhead as the next guy, but sometimes people get too serious. Yeah. And they forget that sometimes music can just be fun. And it can be fun and meaningful. Those things can go together. You know, just because the band's about goblins doesn't mean they can't write heavy stuff or meaningful stuff. But it can still be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they nailed that. And um, as with every Necrogoblicon album, it's not a good Necrogoblicon album unless it makes you stop at least once and go, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like going to die. Like it starts out like, raw, heavy as fuck. And then it's like circus music. And like, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and when I heard that, I wasn't shocked anymore. I was just like, ah, good. There it is. <laughs> Um, I'll send you a song after this, Obi, called The Magic Spider. Alright. And you're just gonna be like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, um, all of it's good, the production on it's gorgeous, the artwork on the album is nice, it's like a medieval, um, medical manual, where they've dissected a, a goblin, mm-hmm. like the album cover, and on the back, it's got all the band members' heads on spikes, <laughs> with John... Right, standing there with his dick out. <laughs> like, there's a goblin cock on the album cover. It's just glorious fun, man. And these guys, like, I don't know if you guys know Necro Goblin's story at all, but very much they, they were a band that was starting to come up and no one wanted to sign them. They're like, nah, nah, you got a gimmick, but it's not enough of a gimmick. You aren't all dressed as goblins. Mm. They're like, well, we have one guy dressed as a goblin. <laughs> And they're like, no, no, it's not enough, it's not enough. So they were like, okay. And they started their own album, like their own record label, and they're completely independent with all their releases. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're the sort of band that you want to support. You know, um, like John Goblicon, the Goblin, he is an, a published author. He has his own book called John Goblicon's Guide to Living Your Best Life. <laughs> um, he also has a YouTube show called Right Now. Where he interviews people, like he's interviewed Wednesday Thirteen, and um, and fucking, oh brain blank, the dude from a oh, Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit, yeah, yeah. like people like that, and it's just funny as fuck, man. So they're a cool band, check them out. Are they Australian? Um, and if you, no, they're American. Oh, okay, they're uh, I think they're from LA, like California dudes. Sick, sick, sick. But really cool band. Yeah. Definitely, high, highly recommend yeah. it. Uh, definitely. Uh, I'm not much of a, in, into this kind of music, but uh, it's swaying me over. And listening just through the album and then Spotify gives you like a radio selection of music that's kind of similar to it. It brings you down a whole new rabbit hole of really cool music that I haven't actually paid that much attention to. So, Well, it does. It skirts that line of like... It... It's modern metal, but it also goes almost folky at times. Like, you could also almost group it in with things like Ailstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and stuff like Ensiferum mm. and things like that at times. So it's like, you, you start going down that, down that rabbit hole, you find fucking, you find pirates, you find Vikings, you find all sorts of funny exactly. shit. And uh, that that's that's my rabbit hole. I live in <laughs> Very nice. That's my thing. Very nice. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, now we're nearly done, guys, but before we go, um, remember to check the Discord link, uh, like the link in the description, because we do have our Discord in there, um, we have an Instagram, which we're working on getting up and posted, there will be a Facebook soon, like a Facebook page, it's all on there, there's an email, where you can email questions, ask if you're not a Discord person, you know, maybe you're just not a 
a computer person, but you know how to send an email, because, you know, just send us through an email with a question, man. We're happy to answer it on here. In fact, we'd love to get more hobby-related questions, like how do I do this on a model? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, love that shit. And, uh, yeah, tell every human and goblin you know about the podcast. It helps us grow, you know. Um, and if you like to see things like this stick around, you enjoy the content, obviously we need to grow. So tell everyone that you think might get a good laugh and isn't afraid of a bit of swear words, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, until next time, guys, crank that amp. Slay that gray. We are Knights of the Hobby Table. Thank you. <laughs> Freaking See you guys. Bye, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to stop my recording because I have some really important questions to ask that you can use as an outro. Uh, Blake, dude, I'm, I'm lost in these Game Boy Color things. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just rambling. I'll, I'll stop it now. <laughs>